Aaron and I have known each other for quite a long time and we've had a lot of conversations about space and the painting practice and images and how collage can really affect painting content. Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's episode 147, I am joined by two fine artists. They both have solo exhibitions opening up this Friday, August 14th at Jan Brandt Gallery in Bloomington, Illinois. I'm joined by Aaron Hayden, who has a show, Dancing with Poison, and Mel Cook, whose show is called Things Will Be Fine. So please stay tuned for that. Of course, if you're new to Studio Break, we want to just let you know this is a podcast and blog site. We feature a variety of different artists talking about their studio practices, and you can check out all the episodes on Studio Break, so please do that. You can go through the archive list and see some of the episodes that you might have missed. Again, 147 episodes thus far, so check them out. We are available in iTunes, so please find us there. You can also follow us in a number of other formats, including our Facebook page, so please like and follow it. You can check Check out our Tumblr account at studio-break.tumblr. And lastly, please send us your tweets at Studio Break. And now with that out of the way, here's our interview with Aaron and Mel. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm joined uh, this afternoon by Aaron Hayden and Mel Cook. How are you both doing? Great. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, this will be a fun uh, round-robin kind of uh, uh, discussion. Again, both of you have uh, appeared on the podcast in the past uh, with some shows, and both have solo exhibitions coming up at Jan Brandt Gallery this Friday, August 14th. So, you know, I thought we could talk a little bit about uh, both your exhibitions and, you know, where you're both at with your work. So... I guess just to, since it is kind of an update, uh, why don't we start with Aaron? Just you know, what's been going on since uh, you've been on the podcast? I know that you started school, and you know, we can jump to Mel afterwards. I uh, recently finished my first year here at Northwestern. Uh, at the art theory and practice is the degree, and I'm really uh, excited about it. Except for I'm really sad though that it's going to be ending soon. I only have one more year left, and I I love it so. Um, but yeah, I've been working. Actually, this Saturday I fly out to Istanbul uh, with the university to help with the art biennial there. So it'll be exciting. Very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I've just been working away, uh, making tons of paintings and some video work. Yeah, it's been uh, a whirlwind of critique and, you know, university stuff. And Mel? Well, I am post-grad school, um, so I moved to Chicago since we last spoke on Studio Break, uh, and that has also been, that's been a crazy change, and that shift has absolutely shown itself in my studio practice, because before I was working in my basement in Bloomington, and now I have a studio, um, I guess it's west of the West Loop, I'm not sure exactly what our neighborhood's called, uh, but it's basically the warehouse district. And so, yeah, that, that huge sense of space and community has really shifted and has started to affect the new trajectory of my paintings. 
Right. And again, it's why it's exciting to have you both back on so we can talk about what's new in the studio. Again, you're both Illinois State University alumni. I know that you've kind of worked relatively close together for a long time. And again, there's certain interesting things about both of your works. You both seem to really want to explore painting and then also different collage elements, different materials and things like that. So why don't you both uh, kind of break down, um, I guess, what's going on with this show and you can uh, Rochambeau for the uh, <laughs> the honor of who gets to go first. <laughs> uh, that's funny because our Aaron and I have known each other for quite a long time and we've had a lot of conversations about space and the painting practice and images and how collage can really affect painting content, I guess is the best way to describe that. And I know recently I've been collaging, I've been cannibalizing my paintings back into paintings, uh, which has been a really great experience. Um, and so I think the space has been a new way to kind of explore, uh, the image. Again, I've been taking older paintings and cutting them up and then repainting on them or gluing them and adhering them into work, which I was kind of doing before, um, and still lives that I had painted earlier in my career, but now I'm, I'm really interested in and cannibalize my own work so my paintings are kind of twofold so they kind of have two relationships to each other cool yeah i i got to have a sneak peek of your work uh yesterday when i set up it was really awesome oh thanks man <laughs> yeah um yeah collage is awesome though uh and and it's surprising all of the different ways that um that collage can sort of enter into painting and have a conversation uh with it too um yeah, and it's cool though because we've we've collaged for a long time, and I've like I remember seeing paintings from yours, Mel, that like where you would put fur like in painting, and <laughs> they were pretty awesome. And yeah, it's just exciting to figure out uh, and understand like how all of this material can come together. And have you also been kind of utilizing like more, I guess, uh, like photographs and, and other found materials? Um, what have you been kind of doing maybe that's different? Because I know that you also have like digital collages that you've been exploring and some uh, drawing works that are kind of text-based. Um, so has that changed at all in terms of the way that you've you've incorporated collage into some of these current works in terms of the processes or... Yeah, definitely. Um, last summer, I began uh, doing these digital collages. They were they started just like as like silly sketches for me to sort of understand images a little bit more. Um, but then, I, as I kept making them, I began to start like figuring out that hey, like maybe these are kind of important, um, and uh, I would use them to figure out how I would make a painting. Uh, and then this past summer and like towards the end of my, this past year of school, I decided, well, not try to combine these two things uh, in, in painting a little bit more. So I've been uh, printing on canvas too. So I've been taking uh, these images that I've been making and uh, pr printing on canvas and sort of like drawing digitally and having that uh, be printed on canvas so then I can vandalize that further with paint afterwards um, and sort of figure out uh, sort of in, in two levels just sort of uh, how to combat painting in another way. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it's like 
there's two levels to that with my work, but also two levels uh, with Mel's work too, combining uh, painting together. Yeah, I think our work has always had a lot of similarities. Um, and we've been yeah. friends for quite a while too. And so I think a lot of our, we share a lot of similar ideas in the way that painting is approached and, and our materiality as well. Is there is there like a specific like group of paintings that you both have for your shows? I mean, is there like a, I guess a conscious frame of like what you're choosing, or are these kind of like your your favorites of just like the the stuff that you've been doing re- recently? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Whatever's not wet. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Mine are still wet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I think. I don't know. I tend to look at the body of work and think about the space in relationship to what images I'm going to to pick. But I think it really just depends because I think the space, uh, you know, Jan Brandt Gallery is a different space than, say, other galleries. And so I think being really aware of how people are walking through that space and how the lighting is, um, you know, can really start to affect what works are going to go in there. So I don't know. I, I think I've chosen smaller works partly just because the space is a little bit smaller and I kind of want people to kind of get up close uh, and move around the room freely and, and make connections between those paintings. And have you found that like just moving to Chicago has been a, a transition in terms of just the, the types of things that you wind up incorporating into a painting? I know that you had kind of talked about incorporating some of these uh, old paintings and collaging them into new ones. But in terms of subject, I mean, is, has that been impacted by just uh, being in a different place and Yes, absolutely. Um, moving in the city is a totally different experience. Uh, I was nannying for two different families, and so I found myself rotating, making this massive circle through Chicago every day on public transit, uh, which was pretty exhausting <laughs> and very intense. And I started uh, documenting trash uh, because I was not always going through the best neighborhoods. And so I started documenting trash through Instagram, like bananas and all kinds of silly things that I would find. Uh, and I didn't really take that process seriously. It was just kind of something that I was doing as I was walking to the train or waiting for the bus um, as kind of a, a, you know, like a filler, a visual filler, right? So I felt like I needed to be creating even though I was spending, you know, like four hours a day on public transit. And so it's funny when I started uh, cutting up older paintings, these objects kind of found themselves being put back into my painting. So I started cutting up bananas and all different kinds of objects that I was kind of visually collecting as I was walking through the city. Um, So I I think that's definitely in the work. And I also think being a woman and moving through the city and, you know, Chicago is a very interesting city. It's very segregated, uh, you know, racially and also, um, class wise. And so it's very interesting to kind of move through Chicago and realize that your own body has a very different connotation in each space, which is something that I never really experienced growing up in rural Ohio. And then especially not on a college campus, that was something I never really thought about. So the first time that I'd really experienced that, I think was my first day that I went down to visit my studio and it kind of had this mind opening experience that, you know, even though I perceive myself one way, I, my body and, you know, my gender, all these things, the person who I am is perceived as somebody totally different. And I think that's really filtered into the new paintings, um, especially the figurative work that I've been making. So to answer your question in a long <laughs> about way. No, no, I mean, perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely transformed my work. I started working more with the figure, but in a way that's kind of breaking the figure down as an object again, which I think... 
how I speak. I feel I'm viewed a lot in the city. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's affected everything in my work. Absolutely. And is there like any particular, like a uh, process that you go to like figure out, like in terms of like a, a composition? Cause like, you know, you, you talk about like, maybe like, I don't know, not super traditional kind of views. I mean, again, there's, um, there's figures that are on the back of, uh, some, what look like tidy whities <laughs> you know, in, in one painting, but then there's also like one that is kind of like a, you know, kind of like a posed, like, um, you know, kind of, I, I kind of get what you're saying, like in terms of like, maybe if like you were hassled on the street or something like that. But I mean, um, is there any like process that you go by to kind of figure out like how, how that will kind of like work into your, your practice? Or, I mean, is there any other things that maybe I haven't thought about? Like, um, I don't know, do you do any kind of figure drawing or other things to kind of generate the ideas for them or? Well, you know, I used to teach life drawing when I was at ISU and I, I really loved that, you know, and I'm going to tell you everything that I did not tell my students, which was no, <laughs> I, I don't work out my compositions in a drawing. Very rarely do I do that. I'll make thumbnails for ideas of paintings, but I really, um, I really like to work on the canvas very freely. So I usually have an idea in my head roughly of what that might look like. Um, but I try to not pin myself down to that. And so the paintings become these amalgamations of buildup of time of layering images, different drawing sources. Um, and so drawing and painting are kind of linked for me. I see them as one and the same. And I think the drawing or the paintings that I'm showing in this specific show have a stronger relationship to drawing, I think, than maybe painting in some aspects because of the line quality of the work, especially that you know, you're talking about fruit punch, which is the three naked men on the tidy whities. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, I don't really work out a, a composition for a long period of time. I really kind of let that grow as the painting is unfolding because I like there to kind of be an awkwardness or, or some kind of lack of resolution in a way. And I think letting the composition kind of be awkward or maybe not the best composition is a way to kind of open up that painting. Well, and I guess I would kind of maybe ask a similar question then to Aaron too, in terms of just like how you've been proceeding through yours. Um, and, and again, maybe because there's so many more collage elements, I mean, is there more, I, I don't know, maybe my perception of it is weird, but like, a, is there more of like a, a sense of like chance or do you, do you want to kind of disrupt something that you've kind of planned out? Or is that just me reading into it? Just cause I, again, I look at different materials and I start thinking about, you know, how much variation there must be in terms of just um, working with them. I do uh, think about sort of uh, corrupting each um, each image in some way, like especially with the printed image, I, I make the composition and uh, sort of put something on top of one another and then scribble around it or do whatever I feel like intuitively needs to happen. But then uh, once it becomes printed, it seems like it yet again is a well-thought-out image, and then it has to be ruined again <laughs> or something. They uh, so, sort of like work uh, like photography uh, in a way where some of uh, the paintings in the show are just one image that's printed on canvas, and then uh, then I'm playing with the rest with, with paint on top. And then where there's other ones where there, it's like layers and layers of, of things that are, are, are fully printed and then there's also just painting on top. And that 
sort of is just like pop culture in general, <laughs> but but like you, you love it and you also love to hate it at the same time. Uh, and that's sort of where I'm trying to uh, have my works uh, playing conversation with. Um, but, but also um, there's imagery of um, like children's books and cartoons and um, and like maybe like a, a home pet or something like that. So I'm sort of negotiating between, you know, k kitschy subject matter, but also, you know, raising that up and like analyzing that as a, as and being critical of that at the same time. In terms of the way that uh, Mel was talking about, you know, taking photographs and kind of noticing, um, I guess, new things that are kind of influencing her work. Is there anything that I guess you've been particularly pulling from? Just because, like, like for example, like because you brought up like current events and like especially pop culture can be so uh, ridiculous. I mean, is how does that find um, find your find a way in your work? I mean, is it something that you're just like doing research, um, you know, online or stuff that you're you're seeing like throughout the day? Or I've been thinking a lot about um, comedy and like comedians and the way that they. Uh, portray themselves and then also um, the jokes that they make <laughs> um, and uh, this past year I took a an improv class and it was like this really fascinating thing where um, we like we went in and we had to sort of like drop everything and uh, it, it really like was this sort of performance collage where we had to just say things over and over again that related to one another um, and it was just like this beautiful uh, play that we just like you know we just like made up uh, a scene like pretended like there was a wheel that we were fixing or um, a kitchen that we were washing dishes at or that we were like mermaids or something crazy and um, and and things like that um, that you know you, if you, if you aren't in comedy and you're an adult, you <laughs> you like you can't necessarily do that unless you're babysitting, mm -hmm. you know, because because it's like this really um, wonderful, like I don't know, I I couldn't help but think like I w I've been missing out or something because it, it's it's a wonderful way to uh, come up with ideas and um, and really. Um, you know, let loose a little bit, but that—that that has certainly been uh, influencing my work, and, and in a way that is um, has this comedic tone, but also um, uh, sort of spiky undertone uh, at the same time. Of like, you know, I'm definitely questioning these things and uh, whether it is, um, you know, if comedy is used to to be funny or or just to to get ahead in the world or something and. Uh, be more popular. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, uh, there, there's some uh, messed up things that happen, you know, within pop culture. You know, so sure, it's sure. like anything. And so I guess just to put you both on the spot, um, is, is there anything uh, <laughs> in particular that you, maybe like a question for the other, you know, again, you've both been, you know, working and uh, working, you know, you've worked together, um, or at least in the same space, you've known each other for a long time. Is there, I don't know, a question that you could both maybe come up with for the other, maybe? I don't know. 
Oh man. Uh, <laughs> let me think for a second. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I haven't seen Aaron's new paintings yet. Okay. Uh, I've seen we well, so when we text each other, we'll text photos rather than words, which I love. Yeah. We're just like, hey, <laughs> good, here's a photo of what I'm working on. And then we usually give critical feedback. Um well, it could be like impressions too. I mean, is there anything that you, since you both have that um, friendship, I mean, is there something that you see that maybe um, I don't know that you're unaware of yet? The other person. There's a few that I've seen before, but the ones that I haven't have uh, also have uh, some ties within your previous work. Which there's these backgrounds that are um, like are these leaf patterns and like has have this feeling of like um a uh, just like outdoorsy outdoorsy um like out in a forest or a jungle area and i just was sort of curious if like that is like combative to the to like where you are now like of like wanting to be outside of the city or like sort of like this fantastical hope of being out in nature or <laughs> you know I'm not uh, talk about that that's kind of cool uh yeah sure um that's funny I guess I haven't thought about that I think when I was making the most recent paintings um bees knees and sweet beat I was thinking about I wasn't really thinking about being outside but I was thinking of using uh plants as a way to activate a space that might hint at a specific narrative or the possibility for a narrative. So the two paintings I think that you're talking about are Bees Knees and Sweet Feet, and they're both in the show and they're they're on my website as well. But I was thinking of of activating the space around a, a previous section of a painting that I had cut up. And so the original painting that I had cut up was a woman laying down in this kind of jungle-esque space that was very constructed and so I was thinking of uh, nature as being this kind of way to articulate a space that's familiar enough for the viewer Um, and so I was kind of thinking of them as spaces you know where maybe this strange narrative kind of happens you know there's these fragmentation of the body that's happening and to me it was almost like these became crime scenes but then they can also become wallpaper within a domestic space um Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know, maybe That's interesting. <laughs> maybe, maybe that desire is really down there, but in the city, you know, wild spaces like that are really a, a dangerous thing. And when you're in parts of the city and there's, you know, vast expanses of grass, it's not a place you technically want to be unless maybe you're in a park, which not all parks are safe anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's definitely an inverse relationship for me in nature in the city than I've ever experienced before. So that wildness to me has always been a free and playful thing, but now it's becoming something much different. So yeah, maybe that is actually showing itself in the work. I haven't thought about it that way. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for bringing that up. I think I was going to ask you about nostalgia because I noticed you made a Tamagotchi painting and the minute I saw that painting, <laughs> I flashed back to fifth grade remembering this crazy phenomena that had taken over my classroom. Everybody had a Tamagotchi or a Gigafet, which was like the second version of uh, Tamagotchi. So I was going to ask you about if nostalgia is really important to your painting. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more important, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that painting isn't in the show, but it definitely was, um, you know, the instigator for the work that is in the show because, uh, you know, it's like a Tamagotchi is, 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 I mean, we, we all know what that is, but like some of my faculty members, they had no idea. And it's really interesting, like, because it was like the first digital pet that like girls and some boys even would, would have. And you would like, you'd have it and you'd uh, clean it if it was dirty or you'd feed it. <laughs> and then you'd be so excited to see if the blob like turned, had a beak or if it um, had teeth or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's also having to do with, you know, the motherly, like mm -hmm. as a child, like having to sort of, understand your role possibly when you get older of like having to take care of um of a child or a pet or something like that and um and it's it's, it's like this I don't know it's like really sweet but also really weird and bizarre at the same time um social tool yeah <laughs> which uh and that's sort of how I feel about the paintings that are in this uh, show, too. Um, there's a lot of different images of, um, uh, uh, like, different cartoons of, um, like, a hand holding a carrot or, or a, a, a circle, smiley-faced woman holding a purse. Um, and <laughs> it's, like, they're... they're they sort of reach back into um, a moment in my life where, you know, you just enjoyed an image because it was really sweet. But then now, um, looking back on it, you know, there, there are all of these, um, uh, all of this baggage behind, like, a cool Tamagotchi pet that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that w just was really cool. But now, like, looking back, it's like, whoa, like, they were preparing us, you know? <laughs> Like <laughs> this, this, uh, this invention uh, from Japan came over, and not, uh, it's like you know, it's there for us to practice, and um, and you know, and, that, and that's how a lot of children's books are. Um, you know, with grim fairy tales, there's a lot of really messed up things happening within those stories, and um, and yeah, I'm fascinated by uh, the the flip uh, that happens between those those two things so yeah thank you for asking that that's cool yeah I was I was thinking there was definitely some, some <laughs> deep nuggets of truth there yeah it's like yes it's like sickly warm but also like <laughs> this will probably not come out right um but I just I was just gonna say it's so interesting to just to think about the way that people kind of like absorb the world um and maybe try to find a way to put that into what they do and to hear you both talk about it you're, you're both doing it in kind of different ways but then you know when you're when you mention things like tamagotchi i mean like again i can i can relate to it you know um, yeah and so i start thinking about maybe like things that i notice or obsess about or i don't know it, it occurs to me that we're also like just kind of like imbued with all of these factoids of things that I don't know, seem fleeting or 
mm-hmm. at the same time we want to kind of get back to them. So I don't know. It's a strange phenomenon, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. It is very bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so as we're wrapping up here, why don't you both just kind of give an overview of the show? You know, maybe tell us uh, the title of the show, how many works, uh, and just uh, kind of give us a short little preview as we get out. Sure. Um, so my show is called Dancing with Poison. I'm looking forward to um, the next school year, you know, making more work and um, uh, just keep plugging away, uh, seeing what uh, what happens. And then also going uh, to see work in Istanbul. Uh, so, yeah, that will be a fun trip. Uh, well, the title of my show is well ironically called things will be fine (laughs) i think the paintings have a different tone to them Um, so i have six different works in the show actually i can just say seven because i have a banana painting in there um if you're at the show you'll know what i'm talking about but yeah it'll be great uh it's new work uh that i've made within the past year and a half i'm really excited to see um a bunch of people there and to see actually my work in relationship to aaron's it'll be great we haven't had our paintings in the same space for a few years. It'll be a really interesting conversation for contemporary painting. Yeah. And I, I, I think of you both, both as such strong painters, you know, especially, um, which is probably well, why you. on Monday when I, when I somehow missed all of this, I was like, Oh my gosh, I gotta go. Um, so it'll be, it'll be cool to, again, just to see how things have evolved and, and shifted. So, um, yeah, I'm really, I, I'm excited. I really, I want to talk about painting when we get there. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, It'll be really fun. thank you both so much uh, for joining me. Yeah. Thank you, David. And thank you once again to Aaron and Mel for joining us. Please check out their shows opening this Friday, August 14th at Jan Brandt Gallery in Bloomington, Illinois, 7 to 9 p.m. Again, you can check out Aaron's work at aaronhayden.tumblr.com, and you can also check out Mel's site at melcookart.com if you want to see more paintings, so please go ahead and do that. And perhaps if you're now a newly ensnared listener, you might want to check out all the archive episodes on studiobreak.com. Again, you can go to the left sidebar, go month by month, scroll through the archives and see what podcasts that you've missed. Again, each of those podcasts have images of the artist's work, links to their websites, and these wonderful interviews where you can hear them in their own words. So please check it out. Again, if you like the podcast, please subscribe in iTunes. Again, it's a very easy way to stay up to date. We would love it if you left us some comments, some feedback there, as it generally helps others find this podcast. So please go ahead and do that. And of course, if you can, um, maybe annoy uh, your mom or your dad or your barber, whoever, uh, about the podcast. And you can share it in a number of different media format so if you like you can follow our facebook page and like it again we provide updates and happenings so please like our facebook page you can follow our tumblr account that's studio-break.tumblr and lastly please tweet us send us your art all sorts of interesting things at studio break and of course, I do want to thank Skylar Mill for providing the music to Studio Break. He is a multimedia artist, performance artist, painter extraordinaire, and you can check out his website at SkylarMail.com. And of course, lastly, you can check out my website, my artwork at DavidLinaway.com. And again, you can follow me at DavidLinaway on Twitter. 
I'm at least committed for the next week or so to be more of a Twitter user. So, again, say hello there. And, of course, tweet us your art at Studio Break and say hello on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you real soon.